Want to get weird? You can follow The Witching Hours on Facebook and Twitter. Join us on YouTube at youtube.com backslash at The Witching Hours Podcast. Join us on Discord for all of the weirdness. There you will find links to the news, stories, and conversation. And finally, you can purchase The Witching Hours merch at streamlabs.com backslash The Witching Hours Podcast backslash merch. Hills of the Blue Ridge Mountains flying through the internet to your device like a UAP, hauntingly unexplained and downright weird. This is the witching hours. We are ready to take off in the flash of an eye. Good evening, everyone, to one and all, wherever or whenever you are listening to our program. I am one of your hosts, Jonathan Frost, and joining me as always is medium Jenny Lee. So Let's go ahead and get started. We uh, we had a lot to figure out tonight. We had a lot of <laughs> a lot of different parts moving for the first time this evening. So thanks for bearing with us. Uh, thanks everyone who's come in uh, so far. Linguist started us off with a raid before we even went live. So thank you for that, <laughs> yeah. Linguist. Thank you, uh, uh, Keisha, um, uh, for being here tonight. CMC Air Boss. Uh, we have Odin's Itero. How's it going? Welcome in. Um, GG. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of mama. There's a lot of folks. Tara Mama, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. All the best folks. The best folks. Yeah. <laughs> so tonight is going to be a good show. Tonight's going to be a good show. There's some stuff we get to talk about that we have not uh, been able to talk about yet. So uh, we're looking forward to it. So real quickly, Priestess of Wonderland is on here to give everyone an update about the lunar cycles for the month, what's going on with the moon, what you need to know, what's going on. So what's going on, Allison? How are you doing this evening? Um, we kind of picked a crazy month to do this because a lot of other astrological shifts are happening this month. So it's good to be aware of. It's good to pay attention to. Um and I, I always tell anybody who's just starting out following the moon or telling everybody if you've already been following the moon and you fall off track that like you can pick up wherever you've left off. And right now we are in a waxing gibbous cancer moon. Um, for March 1st and March 2nd, we were in a waxing gibbous cancer moon and that I, I like that we're starting here because we're also in Pisces season. So this is a lot of water energy. Pisces, uh, the symbol is the is are the fish, and then Cancer is the crab. So this is a lot of water energy that we're starting off the month with, and then we also have Neptune. Um, Neptune and Mercury is also in Pisces. Uh, Neptune rules. Pisces in general. So this is very dreamy subconscious energy. And then Mercury in Pisces is like how it's almost like a poetic way of communication because Mercury 
is the planet of communication. So this is so much water and dreamy and like believing that anything is possible to start out the month with. Um, and then next week we have a full moon in Virgo, which is the total opposite energy of Pisces dreamy energy. Virgo is an earth sign. It wants things to be organized and done a certain way. And it's, it's also the opposite time of year. Virgo season is fall and we're here in Pisces season about to start spring. So it's totally opposite energy, but it helps us understand that we need these completely opposite energies to balance everything out. We like the universe wants to balance itself out. So I look at a full moon in Virgo during Pisces season as how do you take these dreams that are floating around in your head and feel impossible? And how do you bring them down to the earth and accomplish them and believe that like it can actually happen. The other big thing that's happening on the full moon is that Saturn is also moving into Pisces. And <laughs> this is just adding more water to this whole situation, but it's also making it feel more possible. Like all of your wildest imaginations feel tangible at this time. But Saturn is the planet of boundaries and restrictions. Uh, so like boundaries keep us safe and protected, but they also hold us back. And having a water boundary gives you a lot more to play with and a lot like, like imagine if walls were made of water, like you can literally stick your hand through it. And that is like, again, giving us this opportunity to whoa, what if I could push past this barrier? What if I could push past this wall that's been holding me back that has caused me to like not believe in my dreams? <laughs> um, and this is, this is a huge shift happening and it's all happening on the full moon. Um, I do have, I think I can, um, I'm, I know this probably isn't going to make sense to anybody. I'm going to pull up a, the, astrological chart for um the full moon and i know i know it looks confusing but if you look at the three o'clock position on this circle wheel um you'll see a little crescent moon like right at the three o'clock position and without knowing anything else what's going on all of those lines in the middle of the circle are pointing up at that moon. It's like this, where am I? It's like this pinnacle that's like pointing, well, I guess it's this way, wait, <laughs> this way. Um, so all of these planets are pointing at the moon or having a relationship with the moon on the full moon. And <laughs> it's going to be a, like really powerful energy. It's going to be um, like I said about pulling your dreams into reality, but then we're going to have this conflicting energy of all of those other planets, the sun, Mercury, Neptune, Uranus, Venus, Chiron, and Jupiter. I'm not going to go into like too, too much detail what all that means, but it's a lot of energy that 
is going to help, but could also kind of like make you feel like, oh, maybe this isn't possible. And the full moon is about illuminating things that you need to see. It's like shining a big spotlight on something. So for some of us, I think this might be an obstacle that is illuminated. And for some of us, I think it's going to be this like doorway or like, oh, hey, this is this is going to work out. This could work out. But collectively, I think it's just going to be this huge shift of energy. Um, and that's only within the first week of March. Um, these are really big shifts happening between the first and the seventh. Um, and the biggest thing I want to look at for the rest of the month is that Uranus is making a trine to the moon. And Uranus is the planet of liberation and freedom. So this like Saturn is making those boundaries a little less rigid. The Uranus is like giving you this like oomph to like liberate ourselves. And so collectively, I think this is going to be a huge shift like for society, for our world. Um, and I think we can all kind of feel that coming, that tension that like, um, I was talking to uh, Nabnia, another streamer on Twitch, and she what, described it so perfectly as like that wave, like before a wave comes, you feel that like pullback and the water just like recedes back. And then this huge wave just like comes forward. And that's kind of what it feels like. I wish I could <laughs> communicate with you guys because I wanted to ask how you're feeling because it feels very draining and tired. And it's like this, this pullback before this huge energy shift is mm. happening. Um, <laughs> and, uh, as this moon cycle closes, we have a full moon and then it decreases. Um, this energy is going to kind of like settle down a little bit, but then, on March 21st, we have a new moon in Aries. And this is also the spring equinox. This is fire energy. This is like, go, go, go. So all of this leading up to March 21st is like, this is the, this is the starting line. The new moon in Aries is like the starting line and we're like supposed to go. And in the, um, our 2023 predictions that we all had we joked about hibernating until march but like this is it like we're at march already and this is time to go and a lot of us had pulled the chariot car card and um i specifically pulled the page of cups and the chariot for this new moon and how i see that fitting so perfectly with what is happening right now is that the page of cups is like um a person holding a cup with a fifth fish jumping out of it so it's like all of this water energy but we're giving it a cup and a container to like be held in because otherwise water just like spreads all over the place so i see this entire month of march of like putting your dreams in a cup and deciding if you want to drink from it or if you want to like let it go because there's also going to be a lot of releasing and um 
April is going to slow down a little bit because we have eclipses, we have um, a Mercury retrograde. So this is like the time to get moving on something if you want to get moving on something. And then April is going to slow down a little bit. So <laughs> I tried to compact a lot of information into just uh, a little bit of time because um, I didn't want to confuse anybody. It's overwhelming and the energy just feels overwhelming. So um, thanks for letting me share this moon information. I can't wait to hear your guest today. And um, that's the moon for March. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Allison. Uh, we, of course, Yay, we thank will, you, Allison. Uh, we'll, you can't we'll talk hear a little us. bit about this so that you can kind of hear, you know, hear what we would have said if we were talking in real time here. Um, so thank you so much for uh, coming in. And I'll go ahead and get you off there so you can hang out. And we uh, we will talk later. We'll figure out we'll figure it. We'll get all this figured out before our next time on here. So don't worry about that. So thank you so much for coming. All right, in. Cool. Thanks again, guys. Yay, Allison. Um, so, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot uh, going on there because um, I think March kind of has that weird energy anyway. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I don't know how you guys feel in chat, but it, it's been so weird lately. We've gotten like, you know, days where it feels like it's, it's uh, you know, I'm ready to get a bathing suit and head to the beach. And then the <laughs> <laughs> next day it's cloudy and cold and rainy. And yeah. I know that's all dependent on your geography and where you're at, but I think March just kind of has that that uh, that mix of energy, and so these moon phases are going to be interesting to see how they affect us moving forward. Uh, and I also think, uh, you know, that's what we talked about in the prediction show back in January was mm -hmm. this this long period of of slumber and uh, hibernation, right? We talked and we've been talking about yeah. that since, and then March being like crazy time and march is when it's all gonna hit the fan Hopefully here we go crazy way. time <laughs> <laughs> the uh yeah the uh it's it's all coming and rolling in so uh let's get to our guest tonight uh Yay. pamela k kenny pamela k kenny uh gave up long ago trying not to listen to the voices in her head and has written best-selling horror fantasy science fiction and non-fiction ghosts and cryptid books ever since Three of her nonfiction ghost books garnered Library of Virginia nominations. Her third ghost book, Virginia's Haunted Historic Triangle, Williamsburg, Yorktown, Jamestown, and other haunted locations, reached a second printing and is now a second edition with new extra stories and 10 new ghostly images added. She has a cryptid book, Werewolves, Dogmen, and Other Shapeshifters Stalking North America, which we plan to dive into this evening. Uh, that released last year and also uh, talks about mythology behind these creatures. She also has true ghost stories in various nonfiction anthologies, which I'll talk about in a little bit. I've read one of those. Her horror uh, short story, Bottled Spirits, was runner-up for the 2013 WSFA Small Press Award and considered one of the seven best genre short fiction for that year. She has various short stories and poems published in fiction and nonfiction anthologies, magazines, online zines, a science fiction novella, an urban fantasy novel, five nonfiction ghost books, and a nonfiction cryptid book. Her horror poem, Dementia, got her mentioned in the Best Horror of the Year, Volume 13. Pamela and her husband live with one crazy black cat along <laughs> with her writing. Pamela has acted on stage and film and investigates the paranormal for episodes of Paranormal World Seekers for AVA Productions. 
He is a member of both Virginia Writers Club, James River Writers, and Horror Writers Association. And you can learn more and uh, check out all this stuff at PamelaKKenny.com. Pamela, welcome to The Witching Hours, and thanks Yay. for coming on. Thank you for having me today. So uh, I guess just, to, you know, you're one of the guests we've had on the show that, well, at least I've we talked earlier that I met in real life. We uh, we met originally at the Page Seracon uh, sorry, Sage Paracon. What it was about uh, about a year ago now. It was last spring, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I purchased uh, this book here, uh, Paranormal Petersburg, um, the Virginia and the Tri Cities area. And this was uh, this was there. It is. Yeah. And I have I have a signed copy. Twinsies. There, so. <laughs> um, so. This was uh, a big thing for me because we didn't meet in this area, but this was an area that me and medium Jenny Lee are very familiar with uh, and were originally from. And so some of our old stomping grounds were in that book. So I brought that home and, and gave you guys know the story read. of the cemetery. Like that was one of our first dates, right? <laughs> well, Pamela wrote about that place in her book. Yeah. Screamersville. So, <laughs> So I guess we can kind of start there. Um, you know, some of the questions, you know, I have is, well, you talked about it in your bio a little bit. So when and how did you decide that you were going to start writing about these haunted locations in that area? And how have and another thing that I think is interesting is the fact that you're writing fiction and nonfiction kind of both in there. So tell me a little bit about that and how it started and how you went about that. Okay. Um, I actually started out with fiction, of course. Actually, I was 17 when I got three poems published in a poetry magazine from in Los Angeles, from Los Angeles. So, yeah, I started out there. And it's this past century, I've been doing a lot of short stories and stuff like that. When um, I was with this Mid-Atlantic Horror Professionals, it's like a forum. And uh, one of the uh, people that was a member, Dinah Roseberry, came on and said, well, I got a job at, at Schiffer Publishing. And it's the ghost book division because they didn't and they didn't know what to do with it. I mean, it's, <laughs> I guess they had everything else nonfiction figured out with that. So she asked if any of us wanted to write real ghost stories, not the made up ones. And I thought, well, you know, I grew up in California, but I heard, you know, besides being haunted out there, I've heard stories out here. I've heard over the years some stories from out here. So I thought, well, I looked up how to do a book proposal because fiction, you send the whole thing in. But nonfiction, you have to give a book proposal or a proposal of something. So I looked in there and kind of figured out how to do it. And I wrote a little thing up and got it edited and all that stuff. And I submitted it. It was for Haunted Richmond, the first book. And it was quite a, maybe a month or so. And I heard back it was accepted. Oh, nice. Uh, they had a meeting. They have a meeting every time there for some. So that was the first one. After that was Haunted Virginia Legends, Myth and True Tales. And my husband can tell you, we drove all over the state and had 2,000 2, miles on our car from that. Wow. Wow. But yeah. Back time comes how he found out. So, yeah, because you save everything, you're going somewhere. Yeah. So that's a lot of miles. And I'm pretty, and, and there's a lot of new stuff since that web guy up to do it, Virginia. You, you can't stop at any ghost stories anyway because things pop up all the time. The next one after that was um, Virginia's Haunted Historic Triangle, the first edition. And at the time I had a different editor. I didn't really like her. She doesn't work for him anymore, but Dinah ended up taking up 
the second edition one. And that's a really nice book, just looking inside it, the way it was put together by itself like that was, was worth it. Then I did uh, Haunted Richmond too. And then somebody in Hopewell decided to ask me one day, I was doing a book sign, says, why don't you do one just about Petersburg and Hopewell and all this area around here? Yeah. cities. I mean, nobody's done it. So I went ahead and proposed, uh, sent a proposal and they accepted it. And I wrote the book and it's real easy to get to here. I mean, it's like yeah. 15, 20 minutes away, the most going to, and not even going any streets back way. And I did different stuff and did investigations. And because by that point I've had a, uh, my ghost box, which if you read the book and I know you got the copy, there's one page of all the stuff, including my ghost box up there. And so I got investigators of some of the stuff, like one was uh, um, one night we did in July, we did um, a place down there and it was a restaurant and he no longer owns it. Somebody else did. He ended up with cancer, but he got oh. better, but he decided to retire, which but the place is haunted by a friend of his who died. Oh, wow. So she smoked marijuana. So that's how <laughs> she's around. <laughs> is, there a, is there a phantom smell of marijuana? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, people would smell it, obviously. Uh, I didn't that's smell funny. it, thank God. But everybody else did that worked there. Uh, his uncle died. He haunted it. Wow. And then there was a woman that they've seen dancing around there. Uh, that was obviously 1800s because there was a tavern across the street that's no longer there. If you've been there, there's that empty spot and it probably came from there at some point. All I know is that it was part of the um, place across the street that has to do with um, my brain, brain, sorry, my brain, <laughs> the place across the street, which is, let me dig it up here real quick. My brain just won't work. The bistro is the one I, I'm talking about, but across the street from the bistro was the... Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Was that place where you have all the... Where they During the Civil War, during the um, time that they were locking up. Originally, it was used for, um, I guess, dropping stuff up because of the 1600s. Uh, Peter Jones trading posts. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But it became, um, uh, during the Civil War, when they had the siege, they would lock up... Uh, course confederate uh union that they caught them i guess spies but the other ones they can lock the confederates with them wow because they were caught thieving or doing something that was mm-hmm. illegal i yeah. worked in the building right next to that yeah. in the uh, appomattox tile art it's across the street the trading it's like rooms yeah now. yes um, mm-hmm. i worked so right I on the corner <laughs> I knew all this stuff. There's yeah. a story behind all of that one. I can tell you that really will probably freak people out. Um, all of us had gotten there. I had my ghost box and I had took it out of my uh, bag. So I left it on the on the seat and all I grabbed was um, my ghost box. No, I grabbed my camera. Not my camera. Sorry. I grabbed my ghost box, but I left my camera in the car. It was an older camera I had back then. And I went out and we were doing stuff and I let him go ahead and talk and do the investigation while I uh, listened to the ghost box. We had it on and recorded everything. And uh, I knew that they were both locked up there. And so one of the women says, well, who, who's in here? Who's haunting uh, uh, Confederates? She goes, uh, Union? And the man's deep voice comes out of the box, both. 
Wow. So I said, I knew that, you know, so there was other things. They said, well, they were starting taking pictures. I said, oh, wait a minute. I got my camera. I took it out of my, my thing. It's in the car. I got to go get it. So I ran up there and went, opened the car. Okay. It's locked. Okay. So there's no way anything could get in there at least. And if it was broken into it, you would tell. And it's not in the, that's on the passenger seat. So I thought, well, let's check the floor. Not there. Check the, my seat. Not there. Not on the floor. Check the back seat. Nothing. I thought, well, I locked the door. Maybe I did take it in. Went back down. I pulled out of it out of the back. Nothing's there. Wow. And it's like it disappeared. I'm freaking out because at some point it's my camera. Yeah. And another thing is, what the heck happened to it? So I ran back up there and I said, well, my camera's gone. So I even had what well, we had at the time. Not just me and um, my friend Carol Smith, but this couple was uh, used to investigate with us, and they um, came up and um, uh, he went to help into the car. He went actually into the start tearing through the car again, maybe fresh eyes. Well, everybody else looked under all the cars that were ours only to see. And it was getting close to the time because people were starting to come out of the restaurant. 10 o'clock, we're allowed to go in there. And finally, I stopped and I looked funny at the counter thinking, could it be? If I got one of those, actually happened to me. I mean, things have happened before, but, you know. So I stopped and I looked at the tour there and I go, for the parking lot, okay. You don't want me to take a picture. <laughs> so, uh, look, I need that camera. See that place across the street, the restaurant? We're doing an investigation there, and I have to have cameras, pictures of proof, along with everything else. So I need my camera. Besides the fact it costs to buy another one of digital, but I need my camera. So if you could return it to me, I promise, absolutely, <laughs> cross my heart, I will not go there and bother you. The others will not go and take pictures. So we were ready, and and he just yeah, was still in there a little bit in the on the passenger side, looking on his knees in there. And I thought, oh, oh, let's try one more time. Carol, it's going to tell Carol to go look under my her car. When he stood up, hold on one second, Pamela. Let, I think let, let, let Lenny backs up, stops. Looks funny as he turns around and looks down at the bottom of his feet. I look down. There's my camera in its case, sitting on the ground. That. that would have been broken. I mean, what the heck? Where did it come from? Ten minutes it was gone. Ten minutes. Wow. So they brought it back. So I learned ever since then, if I ask politely, I get things brought back. <laughs> it's happened later, too. Yeah. So That's uh, crazy. It's disappeared and aborted. They just didn't want me to. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah, those Petersburg ghosts, you got to look out for them. <laughs> Especially those soldiers, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Wow. All right. So I just want to uh, I just want to let you know, because uh, using the program we're using tonight for our connection, uh, we might get disconnected. There's a time limit thing on it. So if it is, mm -hmm. we'll just take a quick break and then I will send you another link, Pamela. So we'll just right. have to I, reconnect. I um, did see something on mine. Yes. Yeah. It, and so just, just check your email. I'll send you another link and we'll take a, like a commercial break or something and we'll get everything lined back up oh, and pop back no on problem. just in case you have an issue there. Um, 
So that's interesting. Did you um, did you you had something you were gonna say, medium chair? Oh, uh, somebody had <laughs> somebody had asked a question earlier when uh, he was reading off all of the things that you've done and that you do. If uh, what did he say? If you ever have a break, <laughs> does she ever have time off? That was the question. <laughs> oh yeah, I make sure of that. But when you're a writer, you're on twenty four seven. It's not like oh, you're, yeah. but you love doing the writing anyway. So. Yeah. When you write stories, for example, fictional stories, it's it's fun because you're playing in different little worlds. You're like a god taking over. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's not the same as working a regular job. So no, thank goodness. <laughs> 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 Got to do what you love. That's what we're working on. So do you do you happen to remember uh, your visit to Enon in Screamersville, Pamela? Yeah, my husband and I went looking around because I kind of figured out from directions I found. I, I found a lot of the stuff about it, and who who knows what it could be. It could be ghosts of, it could have been from the African Americans that were there, mm -hmm. but it could be the Civil War um, uh, hospital was there. There's a mm -hmm. by uh, the county, so I've been there, and that could have been because they used to cut off legs and stuff, and. You know, back then mm -hmm. they didn't kind of have things to knock you out. <laughs> so mm -hmm. so yeah. screaming was probably inevitable. Yeah. So uh, it could have been a lot of that. And that, and that was kind of hard because it's a neighborhood around there. A lot of, for me to stop and try do a ghost box. That people go and go like, what the heck are you doing? We finally figured it out because my husband thought he knew where it was. Being working for the county and the utility. It's a fenced up area. There's apartments around there. So he's pretty sure because he's seen graves there but when he had to go in the back i can't go back there but he can mm -hmm. looking for the sewer so there is graves african-american cemetery yes. graves, and graves back there that's where me and my friends used to go hang out in the woods and we'd go by the cemetery that was all grown over and now it's all neighborhood it's so weird well, yeah. now yeah. we've got a fence around it so mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm, yeah yeah i'm glad that they put a fence around it though and they didn't like try to remove it somewhere you know well, they, you know, usually they do, and, and the county, what utilities does, he says, if they find, and they run into a lot of things like that, because there's a lot of homes that have cemeteries, and they're no longer owned by the same people, mm -hmm. or the home's knocked down. So uh, if they find something, they tell the, um, the the local group that does all this stuff. Although, I can tell you, and it's in my Haunted, Rich, Haunted Richmond 2 book, it's not in this one, near me, there's a shopping center um, that has uh, used to have U-Crops, and then it had uh, Martins, and now it's empty, but it's got like um, Chestfield Meadows Shopping Center, and mm -hmm. you walk to it. And uh, there's, it's behind it, because when I first read, when I moved here and I read a book by L.B. Taylor, I wanted to find where uh Wrexham Hall was. But we went up and down, drove up and down from where we lived at, at with my in-laws at the time and drove up and down. I couldn't find it anywhere on, on, on Armbridge. And then I found out when I talked to somebody, they had moved it. They had moved the house. Oh wow. Shopping center. It's behind. So mm. it's not owned by I think I don't know if they're B and B or they're just private owners now, but it used to be owned for a while. Uh after the Judge Gates died, uh, a couple of places do weddings and stuff. And so we just, I've been in there to investigate with the investigative group or stuff with that um, to do with that because she she's had ghosts 
things going on. Yeah. Usually the lady in red is the one that's famous for it, the mm -hmm. daughter. Um, but uh, there was a graveyard there, too. And it was their graveyard. Where CVS is now across the street was the African-American. Now, they built that there, but I'm assuming they had the historical site already there so they could make sure those graves were moved. Mm -hmm. But when I talked and thought, well, they probably moved them. I mean, that's what they're for. One of the volunteers for that historical site says, no. Back when they built that shopping center, he said in the 80s, there was no historical society. Oh, my God. So, uh, most likely, they were built the parking lot over all that stuff. It's all the parking lots on top of it. Because, because you yeah. think about it, um, the workers don't want to take time. They try. They, they know they're supposed to tell and tell somebody, but mm -hmm. they don't. That stops things. They can't build stuff. They can't make money. Well, that but would definitely get something to be haunted, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> There's I a quick to way to do it. Yeah. They told me stories that things would drop and they know that the people put the stuff in good, the bottom shelf would drop yeah. and stuff like that. So I added that in Haunted Richmond too. It was funny because years later, a couple of years later, when it became Martin's, one of the girls says, oh, I thought they were pulling my leg or something. <laughs> they, had, they had invisible people in here all the time. And I thought they were making fun of me or something or trying to pull my leg. I said, no, this has had, had hauntings in here. Wow. Uh, haunted, grocery, haunted grocery store because yeah, I got dead people under the parking lot. <laughs> All right. So um, I I wanted to shift gears in a second and get into uh, the other book we definitely wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, so what we're going to do is I think our call is getting ready to go through here. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is we're going to take a break and uh, mute everything. Everyone can go grab a fresh beverage or uh or uh a Potty break. snacky snack whatever snacky snack. uh and then uh we will be right back in about four or five minutes hopefully and then we are going to get into uh, another one of your books um werewolves dogmen and other shapeshifters stalking north america so everyone yes uh, they uh stick around uh grab yeah. something to drink or whatever and we will uh be right back want to get weird you can follow The Witching Hours on Facebook and Twitter. Join us on YouTube at youtube.com backslash at The Witching Hours Podcast. Join us on Discord for all of the weirdness. There you will find links to the news, stories, and conversation. And finally, you can purchase The Witching Hours merch at streamlabs.com backslash The Witching Hours Podcast backslash merch. So hopefully you were able to find that, uh, that, that beverage. Uh, Remember to ask questions in chat. There's like a mm -hmm. like a three drink minimum there, or maximum <laughs> maximum three drink minimum <laughs> three drink mat. Yeah, <laughs> we get some good questions out of There'll chat. Be some really way. good questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So right before we, we we left, Pamela, we were talking about uh, we were talking about uh, the book Werewolves, Dogmen, and Other Shapeshifters Stalking North America. So. Uh, we have been wanting to talk about cryptids for a while, and now we have someone here to talk to them with. So, tell That's us so about excited. these. Tell us about some of these weird creatures you were able to write about in in that book. Well, I decided in 2020. I wrote two novels too, but I wrote this nonfiction. I wanted to write something that not only because I like werewolves. I've always have. That's my favorite animal. I don't care monster. I don't care about vampires. But I also 
thought I could write about all sorts of shapeshifters. It's got to be in America, right? So I started getting a lot of books, started looking online. I mean, it was a lot of stuff. I mean, what else was to do, right? And I found out a lot of things. I learned a lot of things. So that's what I like about my nonfiction over fiction. The difference is you can learn things. Oh, yeah. And we never did. Whether it's history or whether it's legends or ghosts or anything, you can learn things that you're not going to learn. So um, I kind of learned about a lot of interesting cryptids. I mean, uh, werewolves and dogmen, they could be almost basic as saying, let's be honest, they call it dogmen. I'm going to call it wolfmen. I know the dogmen hunters are not going to like that, but it's <laughs> they, now that we have proof, I've always known this. When scientists finally said dogs are really wolves, they're descended from two different species of wolves in the prehistory. Hey, yeah, I could say that with my dog that looked close enough to be in that, and people thought. Mm-hmm. So, but I added the, the, the werewolves as a lot of the stories with the legends and stuff that people weren't sure that's what they called them. And then in, in Dogman, I added that was what they called them, period. And a lot of those are more sightings. Though um, I got history, like Michigan Dog, when the first Dogman was really seen, which was in Michigan and everything like that. So mm-hmm. we have some viewers in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's here in Virginia, so <laughs> we have it all over. I didn't think something like that was just, but I am went ahead. Other shapeshifters I have. Let's see what I can see if I can find pictures of one. Um, probably not. Um, there is also, I have a lot of werewolves, by the way, and poor dogmen. Um, there's the famous one which is otterman or the Kushtika. otterman hmm. otterman it's not, it doesn't look like this cute little picture here yeah <laughs> a little picture of an otter at the at the richmond zoo in in, in on hall street in, in old chesterfield yeah it's actually uh they believe that uh the tribes up there believe that if um you get lured out it's like anything else you get lured out by something it's actually an otterman try to get you a land otter is what they say it's like it's like a monstrous land otter they can become like that and they end up uh, mostly it's men and they become a giant eight foot walking on its hind feet that's more creepier than than a bigfoot if you think about it yeah (laughs) i mean otters are very mischievous so i can see them luring (laughs) people out into the woods so they they have that we have of course skinwalkers it's witches but they shape shift we have um Owl witches. Yeah, they're witches, but they shape shift into owls, monsters. Mm, that sounds fun. Mm. Uh, I could, I wind- think I could do that. Let's do that. <laughs> they're car- carnivorous. Can you eat like a. <laughs> well, like raw stuff? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Maybe if I was an owl, when I was the owl, maybe. Yeah, you'll have fun with the owl pellets, I guess, later, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you got the uh, Wendigo. It does change people. And there is stories in my book, too, with uh, three of them are legends of, of the Wendigo from the, so, the Native Americans of that area that had it. So so tell us a little bit about the Wendigo. I'm not super familiar. I've heard of it before, but I'm not super familiar with the... Usually it's like the, the mid, like Minnesota, that area, even Canada, but uh, anything that's to do with the cold, it's ice. And what it is is uh, how the white man first found about it was a guy, they would find out that one Native American guy, I guess he had a family, and it was winter, really bad, in the area, like, I think it was Minnesota, that area, 
I would have to look at my book again, but it got so bad. And they found his family. He had killed them, chopped them up, ate them. Oh, my goodness. And he said it was the widows did it. And they, they can blame that, I guess. It's, it's a pretty big thing. But I guess deep down inside, we know cannibalism can happen when you're wearing it. It's happened in modern times when people were stuck up with Donner Party with kids and mm-hmm. stuff. Donner Party had it too, so Oh yeah. Well, Jamestown. <laughs> Even Jamestown had some cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> it was all their own so you know, it's it's a pretty uh, common thing, but I guess that was a way to explain it. And of course the Wendigo you see the real one, you see the deer horns and how skinny and it's like so skinny. You know, it's like it's starving. So uh, you got that sort of thing. Um, and it's 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 been interesting. A couple of people who have actually had uh, encounters with aliens and thought it was a Wendigo. Mm, okay. But no, you know. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> that, that. Maybe the thinness, but that's what mm-hmm. they saw one of them. But I don't think so. There's a horn thing. But yeah, it takes over people and changes them, supposed it to look like that. So mm. there's, there's a shape-shifting avenue there shape-shifting is quite an interesting way of how do you shift and it's not the only monster there's others that did it too in fact there's three native american ones that i've kind of noticed something interesting now the skinwalkers i have read this in a blog years ago when i wrote about that when i had a blog i want i wrote, looked up on it and then and the navajo don't like to talk about it say mm-hmm. the name because if they do they'll come t- come to them Okay, that's that's the blue. Yeah, lock the doors. Okay. <laughs> well, so does the Kushtika. They believe that the natives up there believe the Kushtika. If you talk about it, it will come come to you. What is that one? The same thing. If they think about it, talk about it. Yeah. If they, if they ignore it, it's like the Navajo. It won't mm-hmm. come to you. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it'll, it, it hears you. It's like it, it like it can psychically hear you, I guess, and come at you. And they don't want them to come. And there's another one in the um, Seattle, Washington, state of Washington, another tribe that has a different one. It was only a little bit of something, but it's another one. So, yeah, that's a pretty common theme, I thought. I mean, one, they all started with the land bridge. They all came down from Alaska. So I'm sure at that point that came down with them at some point, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's interesting that that is in two, three different tribes in yeah. the United States. And it's all the same idea that if you talk about it or, or, or think, think about, about it, that it's going to come. <laughs> we had a question from yep. chat. Are there any stories that you've been meaning to investigate, but it hasn't come to be yet? Well, I had a six book. It's back in my hands. And we're, we're going to see if the current publisher got now. She's right now. She's going to let us all go and give us fix this we get our our stuff they already got published on ingrams for our names on it so we can get everything that way because she's got a few it's a more a problem right now that that they think Mm. and she's got three years of a job and that doesn't help with the job doing it and so she edits normally too uh but uh, i did do another one and i got the book back from the guy that did it because i kind of rather have it go through ingram so i could get in barnes and Noble. my other book Mm -hmm. it's the honest story to suffix Bookie Tales. Oh, I've been in Bacon's Castle. I can tell you a story about that. Um, There's a lot of them, yeah. Uh, I stayed overnight investigating Barron's uh, uh, pub down in Suffolk, 
And yeah, it's really haunted because that whole building used to be a hotel from the 20s. Oh, and wow. and uh, people that live upstairs had, um, I, he told me the manager of the pub that he heard from people up there, they, they actually, like one guy saw a flapper in his bathroom one day. <laughs> so it's like the Good room, times. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, we got some interesting stuff too, so... <laughs> So from all of your travels and investigations and writing, what area or location do you think is the most haunted in Virginia? If I have to post, post, point it out, it would be both the historic triangle, but they're not only that area, Petersburg and the Tri-Cities, because they both have a lot of, I've gotten actually a lot of pictures out of them. In fact, Petersburg beat it at first. Oh, yeah. Where is the pictures you saw in there? Mm -hmm. uh, but I finally got more in the, when I had the reissue of, of Williamsburg redone. Will you explain what the historic triangle is to our viewers that don't know what you're talking about? Yeah, we have people from all around the world in here on the yeah. other side of the pond and everything else. So. <laughs> Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown are the triangle. And what I did was I added also considered the rest of it around it, too. So I guess... They're all connected at some point. You got uh, Newport News, you got Hampton, you got Gloucester, mm -hmm. you got um, West Point where the Cahoke Light has been seen, and I was there. Uh, you, you have, of course, I added uh, Charles City, which used to be part of Chesterfield, surprisingly. Mm. I can see that. It's, yeah. it's still connected, easy to get to because of the Williamsburg thing. Mm -hmm. So you got that. And I got all of that in that area around there. So, but yeah, Triangle is considered Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. So it's like mm -hmm. a triangle, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For greatest good, that's the area where George Washington rallied and was able to summon lightning from the sky and single handedly <laughs> cast the British out of, the, out of North America. <laughs> he's our so, he's our british friend so so we are uh yeah we're right down there uh near that area where all this uh american shenanigans went on yeah uh, a few hundred years a couple hundred years ago so <laughs> yeah yeah so you know that's one of those big uh i mean i obviously they do ghost tours and stuff like that i know uh mm -hmm. in halloween oh. time williamsburg becomes a huge ghost tour uh, mecca which have you uh, were you able to check out any of uh, those places during your uh, yeah, investigations? Um, well, we were invited. <laughs> Paranormal World Seekers invited. Uh, except the only one didn't come was Mark, who does the filming. He's an actual professional videographer. My husband helped, <laughs> was there with me, and my friend Carol came. We did uh, the oldest ghost tour in Williamsburg, and they did a special one on the National Ghost Hunting Night in 2017. It's in the book, too. And uh, we got through there. In fact... When we got to the, I, it's considered the most haunted house in Colonial Williamsburg, the Peyton Randall house. It's the original real one there. Oh, yeah. Still there. Uh, usually by midnight, they're at the other one, the last one they usually do, which is the next one over. But we got to there. And the guy was telling them the stories. And <laughs> there was a psychic with us. Number one, I already had stuff going on. We already had stuff going My friend Carol's, uh, um, she has that other type of box that has a little robotic words coming out. Mm -hmm. And we started getting things to do with that area we were in, murder, uh, this, that, and uh, uh, a person, uh, nanny, uh, mammy, 
stuff like that. So, and and they were talking about the murder somewhere else. So, wow, mentioning it that was coming up on. She said she had never seen it speed up that fast and giving this stuff out. And then I heard something in the backyard of one, and the psychic asked me, "Said what are you here?" And she took because I was crying. I said, well, there's this man and he's not happy back there. But at the end, we were at Peyton Randall house and I am not joking. I saw, to me, it looked like black smoke. It was going around where the chimney is of the house. And it was really, and I said, does anybody else see that black smoke ring of like a snake? Weird. Huh? And my friend Carol goes, I don't see anything. And the psychic comes up to me and says, Oh, Pam, don't worry. You're not crazy. I see it, too. Wow. <laughs> Carol goes, I still don't see it. Why don't I get this thing? <laughs> and I went there and took a picture, and it's in the book. The only thing is the time the person did the pictures, they're supposed to bring it where they can bring down if it's too far away. You can see images there, but you can't see, at least you had, like I did, close. Yeah. Not in the book. So they had to be bring it down to show them, right? she quit so she didn't know oh. but so, well, she didn't do that so it was, it was no close up it was in the book to get anybody to do it but uh, i do bring the pictures of some of my signs well here's the close-up so he wants but yeah there's two one was headless and someone else tried mm-hmm. to point that out why wasn't i talking about it? i said oh no i'm not worried about that i knew that was there i said i'm pointing out the other one on the other side because carol found a picture of her from 20 years before that was betty randolph standing in the in the window oh my god you see her literally this half of her and her hair up blondish hair her, her face the the skirt someone tried to say wow. it, was not, it was an african-american so i said that was a curse no i said that was hair piled up i recognize. yeah and um she was blurring down well that's where they had the people listening to about the stories mm-hmm. and the guy in front of him he was one of the guys because they had several that did, did that national ghost war thing and he was african-american plus Bree, the the psychic there and she was african mm-hmm. so was she blurring because of them because mm-hmm, she was maybe her slaves supposedly oh yeah that was a big thing about it but yeah you could tell and when the picture looking up yeah that was her wow <laughs> very interesting mm. yeah. So yeah. was that was that or was that the craziest thing you've experienced or has there been uh well, that's crazy. It's a second yeah. the second if you're talking about ghost tours, Williamsburg has their own. They actually one of the guides decided to convince them where you can go inside. So if you ever go to Williamsburg, go to their w- website, look up for that one, because it's gonna go fast. But we got in there was two buildings we got to go inside. And it is at night, okay? Mm-hmm. And the third one we were outside was privately owned at this point. So they had to tell the story about that one. But the, one of them was the Peyton Randall. And they were talking about it. And we were inside, and I swear I saw things. So I took a picture going, I figure, up the stairs. Well, I'm in here. I'm in here. This is not a good time to do it. And Bill, my husband, is sitting on the bottom step. And in one of the pictures, his face is gone. What? Mm. That's I, creepy. <laughs> I said, do you know this, Bill? You're, I just showed him the picture. Your face is gone. <laughs> Did, was, was, that, was that the last one he went on with you? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was a ghost he's, he's gone on my investigations. He handles the cameras. So. Okay, good. And he'll, he can tell you stories of you about the camera. And stuff. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So um, have you ever experienced a cryptid yourself? 
No, I wouldn't mind seeing a dog. Yeah. I'm not sure about a Bigfoot. There's something scary about something—a big ape that's big as a gorilla. Oh yeah. And I've I've seen a gorilla that tall that was at the San Jose so I know how it was pretty standing up tall, and it was behind an enclosure. I wouldn't know if I would want one of those mad at me. But I still would like to see a dog man or werewolf man. Yes. To be honest, it's like werewolf. You're actually seeing one. Yeah. When we when we first moved up to the to the area we're at now, because like we said, we're on the uh, we're kind of in the foothills uh, up here uh, near the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, I, I hear a lot of talk uh, in this area about Bigfoot uh, mm-hmm. in the mountains, and a lot of people who have had sightings. Uh, which around here they call it the wood booger. Uh, <laughs> so th- there's another name for you. There you go. I heard that. There's your next book, Pamela. Woodbuggers yeah, of Virginia. Wood Virginia. <laughs> uh, Maybe you better be quiet. Maybe the Bigfoot might not like that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. So what uh, What would you say is probably the most common, like from writing that book, what, what seemed to be kind of the most common thing that people see in Virginia as far as uh, cryptids go? With the dog man, is this something that tended to be more of a myth or is this something that that is still being seen re, uh, more recently? It's still being seen. We have one in Haraiko, the werewolf. I, I, I named it back in when I did, um, well, I did Haunted Virginia first. Then I ended up Haunted Richmond too because it is in the area. So I call it the werewolf of Haraiko. I didn't know how else to call it for the title of the book yeah. or the chapter. Mm-hmm. But there has been sightings supposedly in a couple of areas in Haraiko, and uh, one's by uh, the river where these boats are done and landing and other ones that just, uh, they used to call it Confederate Hills. Uh, they changed the name because of the, of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposedly seen there too, but one of them was described, it almost reminded me of the, the werewolf in Harry Potter, the one that didn't look like a werewolf to me. In fact, the dog guy, he changed to the dog, but more like a werewolf to me. But yeah, yeah the white thing. Then they mentioned a couple of white things like that and they got scared a couple. And it's it's been there's a website for a uh, forum on there people talking about it. Wow. So uh, yeah, and I found out later. I feel so proud in a kind of way. She's passed away. Linda Brett, Bre- uh, what's her name? Brett Bray, who did the Bray Bray Road. Uh, Linda Coffrey, mm-hmm. that's it. Who did the? She she actually wrote a book on different werewolves or dogmen, whatever, mm-hmm. of the United States. Mm-hmm. Werewolf and Heriko. Werewolf of of Hedrichos in there, the title. Oh, wow. So come on, I, t- I named yeah, it. Yeah, you named it. <laughs> so obviously, did she read one of my books at some point? Yeah. Kind of makes you wonder. I mean, there it is. I'm going, oh, my gosh. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah, it, yeah it's, a, it's a current sighting. Um, wow. I think that's basically it on, on the whatever it is, dogman, werewolf, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The other stuff have been late earlier. One was Stone Gap. That was in the 1800s. The the Dismal Swamp one is the 1800s. Um, so things like that. But no, the werewolf keeps coming on with more yeah. stories. You go to wow. that. And so that dates back. That dates back pretty far then too. So multiple sightings, different parts, different areas. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the, for the at great, least 200 years. Yeah, that's yeah. That's pretty interesting. So what is, is the typical supply of souls? Uh, what is the typical uh, kind of description of of the dog man or, or the or the or the werewolves? Standing high on its leg, just like you see in a movie. I would think the one with the 
the more like uh, if you're seeing with it, um, um, not like um, American Werewolf, more like the uh, howling or something standing on their legs, pointed mm -hmm. ears, pointed snout like a wolf. Okay. Uh, and um, some say though they've actually seen even different stories where they it actually ran in four legs, which means it can go down and do that. Yeah. Which you know, as humans, we end up not doing that anymore. When we got up here, we it's kind of hard. We can do that. Have you seen movies or? Planet of the Apes, where they're humans playing the parts for real, but it's not as easy anymore for us to do. Oh, no. Like yeah. the chimpanzee can. Mm -hmm. So, um, like that. And actually, that's not the only cryptid seen here. Uh, if you go to my haunted Virginia legend, myth, and true tales, I do have books in there. The cryptids are monsters. Um, there's the, of course, Bigfoot. Actually, Bigfoot, Virginia is the oldest sighting of Bigfoot. Oh, wow. So when oh, the state of Washington, Virginia can brag about that, at least, if nothing else, uh, they, they are the oldest sighting. A lot of them don't know that until I tell them. I'm really shocked. These are good Yeah. Uh, I learned I that. I believe it. That's what called research does for you. You learn things. Um, um, we also have the uh, devil monkey. Oh, devil monkey. That reminds me of a baboon, but it's vicious, and it's been seen at least... Definitely either the western part of Virginia, especially the southwestern part, mm -hmm. different story. But it's actually seen in North Carolina and a couple other states nearby, too. So mm, Look out, yeah. Allison. You got the devil monkey down there. Yeah, watch out for the <laughs> devil monkey. Let's see what else I can remember now. <laughs> My brain went crazy. There's, there's other... Um, well, of course, we have witches, too, but that's not, that's not cryptid. <laughs> no. Yeah. A whole different ball of wax there. Yeah. But well, we, we, we have some of those in chat tonight. So Yeah. <laughs> well, there's actually in the western part of Virginia, they used to have witches and wizards. They actually have a lot of folklore for out that way. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Well, in Virginia Beach, they had a real, well, they accused her being yes. a witch. Well, it wasn't. But, um, yeah, the, the witch of Pungo. Right, and she was forgiven by the governor. Yeah. So. Uh, that, was, that, that, was, that was interesting. I went down with a friend before COVID happened, Pamela. We, uh... I had a friend, and we we actually drove down to Williamsburg to the House of Burgesses, where they do. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard about this, but they do a recreation of the trial. Right. Yeah, and, and we got to go in there, and we didn't really know what to expect. We happened to be kind of the first ones in line, and uh, we got to participate in it. And we were actually up, we were actually up there with the actors and stuff as uh, um, playing uh, instead of being like down in the jury, which was just the crowd. We were actually up on the stage and all that stuff, and. It was really interesting because they have the they have the whole um, play by play, you know, so to speak, uh, the records of of the trial, and so they act the whole trial out historically accurate from the from from the records, and you know, you're in there with maybe fifty or sixty people who are all, you know, at that point, I think it was the year 2019, and me and my friend talked before we went down there, and we said, you know, there, you know. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the trial, they say, are you going to find her innocent or are you going to find her guilty? And I was like, obviously, we're going to find her innocent. Like, no one in the modern day is going to do this. Yeah. But by the time the trial was over, uh, a lot, I think a lot of people in there, like, honestly, just trying to, 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 to make the best decision they could. Like, I don't think anyone was really trying to, you know, overturn the, the cart there. <laughs> we found her guilty of witchcraft. How do you know, 
she's a witch. Uh, <laughs> and because there was actually some evidence, and 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 Virginia didn't allow spectral evidence like Salem did. Uh, they used more scientific methods. Uh, the, you couldn't just say that you saw a familiar or something like that. That wasn't admissible. But uh, the witch of Pongo uh, is requested to say the Lord's Prayer at the end of it. Mm. And she begins to say the Lord's Prayer and she passes out on the floor cold. Oh, wow. And so they, they could find have been, it. Could have been that she was standing too long and it might have been. When was yeah. it? Or the nerves or the stress or whatever. I think if I remember right, it was during. It was warmer because I actually, the very plantation, if you go there, and actually they're going to have a Paracon in May. I'll be there. Yeah, I just saw that. So uh, that the the former person that was in charge, also in charge of it, her daughter is now, she passed away. She was the expert on, on the Witch of Pungo and a lot of witch stuff. Wow. In fact, we actually had one hanging only, and that was on the, one of the ships, I guess, come to Jamestown. Mm. It hung somebody being a witch on the ship. Wow. How they determine that but i'm wondering it was warmer i think it was warmer weather when they because they did the actual her go and show her being dunk mm -hmm. and if you're hot and a lot of the, i can imagine there was a lot of people that mm -hmm. might have been warm i can imagine that could be like because she For was sure. ahead of her time um she she knew her herbs she she, she communicated with the in native local natives which was frowned about if you think yeah. about it she was a woman doing things. I mean, her husband owned the farm, but she went out there and worked the farm. They weren't working the farm. They thought, what is she doing all that? And and stuff like that. So she was probably ahead of her yeah. time. And uh, after they put her in jail, because she got away, because she could swim. Her father was Scottish, and she had learned how to swim. So she knew how to swim. So when she got out of the roof, she could swim around. And unfortunately, I always thought that, that water thing was... No, 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 no good, good way of getting out of it. If you drowned, oh, you're innocent, but you're dead anyway. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And yeah. if you survive and swam around, you're guilty, and that's what they're going to kill you anyway. Doing yeah. things to these people, so that really probably wasn't good anyway. But she, they put her in jail, and then they finally let her out, and she went back home and looked till she passed away. But mm -hmm. um, th there were things I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Be like if one of us went there now, we'd be confused of witchcraft, all the stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. What do you mean you know the future? Yeah. That's an interesting be, story. I would have been burned a long time ago. Interesting story. <laughs> and if you go down to Norfolk now, there's a, there's a road there called Witch Duck Road. Witch Duck Road, yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah and, I, grew, and, I grew up there my whole life and never know, had heard about the story until I was in my 30s. So, Well, Fairy Plantation, you had to go there. I think her daughter is still in charge. And they're doing a Paracon there. So. Awesome. I'd love to check it out. We had Maybe a question a in chat um, yep. about writing. So what makes a story worth writing for you? Well, I want to make it interestingly, hopefully mine. And, and honestly, there's seven plot points. So there's no getting away from it since the medieval, since mythology, literally. But you're going to try to do something different. And I want it to be interesting that I like. I like to write what I read anyway. I read horror. I read science fiction. I read fantasy. I actually read nonfiction. I read as a kid, Hans Holzer. That was who I grew up with. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I like cryptid stuff because that's interesting, even whether it's true or not. But there, as a writer too, as a horror writer and a fantasy, these are things you can add in anyway. So learning about all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I write something, it's got to be interesting. That's why right now I have two stories written for this 
call, a submission call on haunt, hauntings. And one is one thing, uh, paranormal investigators, which both end up dead. I won't tell you more about <laughs> It's pretty, definitely horror. And the other one is the ghost dragon thing and the ghost people. So it's going to be one that I'm hoping I get a couple of people on this group on what they could look at if they agree which one is better. Even give me advice on what looks, sounds, change them. Then I can submit the one that'll work, you know. Awesome. It's it's always hard to tell what they want. They tell you, mm -hmm. oh, you wrote really well, but it, and I found out there was one I thought, oh, I was rejected for uh, a vampire one. And I've had people tell me they never heard of it before. The vampire gave birth at the end of a living child, mm. and then she ends up killing herself so she wouldn't go back and attack her mother who was raising the kid who was human. Because this was the, uh, after a plague went through, so that a lot of people were changing into vampires, not the old the zombie thing <laughs> yeah killed herself and uh and they said oh i've never heard of that before well i would thought that would have been somewhere along the line but you know so i always try to do something hopefully a little different yeah awesome so, but it's 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 about write what you want to write uh like one writer said you, you can write oh i gotta write with somebody a, a whole novel to submit to a publisher because they uh, are looking for certain stuff now. Mm -hmm. so by the time yours gets accepted, by the time it gets started to be edited, all that stuff, things may change. Yeah. So write what you want to write. Have fun doing it because you don't want to end up hating your hating the story. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. So just tell whoever wants to know about that, just write what you want to write. What, what interests you? He said, "Ghost hunters ending up dead." I hear a sequel. <laughs> there is. A, it's actually based off my novel. I, the story is coming out of that, but the the novel was rejected. It's, I'm going to go over it. It's called Nowhere Land, and it's okay. got a land where people disappeared for centuries. So it's uh -huh. it's set in Virginia. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it does sound interesting. It does sound interesting. All right, chat. If you guys have any more questions, go ahead and throw them in there. And we will uh, relate those over. Uh, if you're just joining us or, or, or stopped in uh, since we've started, our guest tonight is Pamela K. Kinney. And we are talking about a whole host of things. We're talking a lot about uh, the books that were written uh, for haunted places, specifically in Virginia. And we've also been talking about cryptids, uh, the werewolves and dogmen and other shapeshifters that have been slinking around in the shadows uh, in Virginia for a couple hundred years now. So um, if you have any questions about those, let us know. Um, so what do you think, Pamela? Do you think that the dog men or the, the wolf men are like their own species or do you think they're shapeshifters? That would be interesting to know because, you know, that goes on around almost thinking supernatural, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, another species and you know uh, maybe i'm crazy and i think of these things and i know it's a writer's i brain but i also am scientific i mean mm -hmm. i read science that there could be other dimensions doorways mm -hmm. doorways for the ghosts now i'm not sure where the ghosts the uh, afterlife would be in consider in dimensions they now show i saw an article but with the fourth dimension they think people things would look like we're the third we're more mm -hmm. what if they're in another dimension or another world that's 
different but us and they can there's a doorway that opens once in a while and something slips through yeah i mean yeah okay yeah bigfoot they could die i mean there's animals you never find i don't care what they say there's animals that could be eaten up or if they're intelligent they find a way to bury it somewhere mm -hmm. deep down or maybe they somebody even suggested they ate themselves they're dead oh, that's a I great mean, theory suggested, which is we yeah. talked a lot about cannibalism tonight <laughs> well, i'm just saying that, that could be a you know if you want to throw it in yeah, you got it. It's true. The dimensions, because there's the same thing now that they've proven that now the Navy finally, shoot, Blue Book said it way before the Navy that that the UFOs were real, and 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 so the things that they had that they could not prove on the ones that that they couldn't prove. Mm -hmm. So, uh, are they from outer space? Mm -hmm. Wormhole? Are yeah. they from another dimension? I mean, there's different types. Well, time I, travel. Um, yeah. yeah. I so saw many possibilities. I saw a UFO as a kid with my mother. She pointed in the sky. We were in living in Sacramento, the backyard. My father was under the tree in his, on his bench and me. And my mother goes, what the heck is that? And I stood up. And I was third grade, but I was intelligent. I knew about UFOs and stuff like that. Like I said, I was reading this. I was pretty ahead of my time reading anyway. And I saw that and I thought, oh, my gosh. And I went under it. It was really big. It was low enough to the ground. Like they didn't give a wow. damn little scene. Okay. They didn't care. That's how low enough to show how big it was, but it was circular. It had kind of like red and silver, but it meshed together color. Mm -hmm. And it had a sound. I can't describe it now, but I remember in my head, sometimes a sound for a long time. And it went slowly over our backyard, over the house. And that's it. And I went later and told a friend about that. She says, oh, you saw a UFO once. There's a cop over there. I said, you think the cop's going to believe a kid? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember to this day, it was like so stark during the afternoon, bright sunlight. Like, wow. I don't care if you see us. So that was one kind. But now we see these light things that, that can mm -hmm. split apart. Not, mm -hmm. I don't care what they think. Yeah. They shouldn't have it. China yeah. doesn't have something yeah. that's enough to take apart and come two things. Yeah. You know, Pamela, that's something that has been seen in our area a lot lately. Uh, a lot of UFO sightings in Virginia. And of course, yeah. we also have a lot of military, so you mm -hmm. don't know uh, what's being done there. But um, I've, I had a UFO sighting in Richmond. Uh, I, I've told this story many times, so chat probably uh, wants me to move on with that. But uh, <laughs> I was I was working uh, I was working short to, to make it short. I was working in Richmond as a security guard, and I was on top of the Richmond Times Dispatcher Media General uh, down there off Franklin Street. And I was up on top of the building, and I normally wouldn't have gone outside, uh, but I was training somebody that night, so I went outside, and I saw like a blue flame boomerang shape, like a boomerang. Uh, yeah. and it was just hovering in the sky and it, it sat there for a little while. And I was like, well, maybe it's like a meteor and there's some kind of like, um, uh, uh, some kind of illusion that's happening and it's like moving towards me. So it doesn't look like it's moving. And then right when I thought that it just took off in the flash of an eye. Um, and it was really odd because it wasn't metal or anything like that. It, it looked like a blue flame, but it definitely had a, like a solid shape to it. So never figured that one out. And then what you were just talking about, those orange lights, uh, I know for probably for the last decade or so, these orange orbs have been seen a lot. And I had a sister who lived down towards uh, Portsmouth and Norfolk, mm -hmm. and she has she had um, uh, uh, was driving down 64 
and just kept seeing these orange orbs like fly over her and then like break apart and start flying off in different directions. Yeah. Um, so that there's there's been quite a few. That might be another uh, <laughs> something else to write about for Virginia's these UFO sightings. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's. I, I really think it's more than one race, and I, I don't care what the, they say. Oh, they can't really the scientists. There's no way uh, all that. Yeah, I think there's intelligence. Yeah. I don't think that's much of horse found, crap. Now that they found that there are galaxies that are older than they thought the Bang was, uh-huh. something could have advanced enough and if they're advanced enough to come here from another planet or even from another dimension which is a different whole ball of wax yeah mm-hmm. we don't know what different things are visiting here of course they're watching us we're doing all the crazy things we're doing now we might like, <laughs> blow each other up we're wrecking our planet so we've been lot. eating each other for all these years <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know we're not gonna let you join our federation it's like no. you know, we, yeah. you know, but you can't t- bother us and people said, well, why would anybody, some of them adopt, uh, would actually, it was the grace, which was more the metal thing I saw. People were taken and abducted. Uh, what, what would they do that for? I was in a convention. Science, and I said, well, you figure this out. What have we been doing for all those years with the, with the primitive people? We've done things. We changed it. We made them do things. We've done things to them, uh, treated them like they weren't human. So if something's more intelligent than us, they may think, even though we're intelligent, we know that they may not understand that and so of course they're going to do all that stuff yeah they do so that's just logic i mean if you think about you know so i I don't know it's it's interesting though like you saw one i saw so do you um oh yeah were you already interested in weird stuff at that point or was your alien ufo sighting like the thing that kind of sparked your interest in all the sci-fi and stuff well i, I like that stuff but i used to what i wrote back then wasn't <laughs> real animals but i did write science fiction so my alien was weird <laughs> it was in my dreams and all that oh okay it, it was a wolf with wings and antenna i don't and on mars you've had the wolf thing we, your whole life have it. yeah we, we know that wolves anyway nothing because like right now could live on mars but um it's just that yeah it was interesting to read that stuff and i think i've always been interested in stuff it's kind of like a pose my question do i believe this thing or is it real it's like the Me- the mexican uh president showed that picture so it was like an elf now i'm looking at that picture and i thought well they got monkeys down there see this is the logic in me oh yeah let's let's <laughs> like you investigate the same thing and make sure it's real mm-hmm. so i go on and i put in around when the incas were living what kind of monkeys and one of them looks not that far from that what it has around its head so it could have been a monkey and maybe mm-hmm. they saw monkeys back then and they didn't know yeah yeah, it's always possible. Interesting. Incas back different era, so different time years ago. So, but maybe it was an elf. I, I whatever the the race he called an elf anyway. Oh yeah, that mm. was interesting. Yeah, so many so many options. Well, it's also that synchronicity of like these different things existing in different cultures around the around the mm-hmm. around the world. You know. Yeah. And uh, being called different things, but when you when you see them uh drawn or whatever they're essentially the same same creatures you know known by different cultures so right yeah that's fairies have been all over the world they just call different names it 
England was the word for, and Ireland was the word for fairies. Everywhere else it was something else. Spirits of type in, in Japan and stuff like that, but all over the world. Same thing with, um, well, Bigfoot's all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are lots sure. of sightings now. And some of those, were, you would think, okay, where it was, one was seen, it was were orangutans, but it, they weren't orange. That no. really would be a, a given away if it, if it was an orangutan because they're yeah. orange. Now, I don't think any were seen in Africa. Oh, yeah. I don't think I read any stories there. And that's got the gorillas, so. Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know that there's not, but yeah, it's not something yeah. I've heard of before. Where It's more like, where are there not Bigfoot? Where are they not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I had another question for you. Um, you you might have said this earlier, but do you enjoy writing fiction more or nonfiction? I like both. Yeah. Uh, I like writing the ghost stuff. It's investigating. It's teaching me something. Same with the cryptid, I've learned a lot of stuff, and actually have a lot of writers buy the book now too. So, awesome. um, that's what I wrote. It also intentionally, what would a writer like, especially when I write oh, yeah. or fantasy? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff they can kind of get ideas and maybe write true stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I also like fiction because I can play in my own little world. Yeah. What's your what fiction story are you most proud of? Well, I got a novel out there, <laughs> How the Vortex Changed My Life. That was the urban fantasy novel set in Richmond and Chesterfield. Ooh. And uh, uh, not like I had enough books to read, but it looks like I need to get some more. <laughs> it's an urban fantasy, and the, there's a woman on the cover and a, a giant eyeball, which is about the size of a, about that size, and it's named Larry. Oh, I love it. So there's some Larry the giant eyeball. <laughs> Actually. Oh, even better. So yeah. Cool. But, uh, I'm proud of that. But I'm also, I think, uh, hopefully proud of all my novels or all my yeah. stories. Especially once I get a home somewhere to be. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Excellent. Someone to share and enjoy what you've created. I understand that as a visual artist for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're probably getting to about that time. It's uh, heading towards uh, heading towards that time. Uh, make sure you go uh, check out everything uh, that we've been talking about tonight. PamelaKKinney.com. And there yep. you can find her books, which are available on Amazon. You said that your most recent one was available in Barnes & Noble as well. Right. The, the new ones, are, uh, it's actually everywhere. It's Ingram, so it's Barnes & Noble. Well, Probably not in the store. They should be able to, but they don't. But you can go online to Amazon, Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble, Books A Million, um, IndieBound.org, which is a lot of the uh, small press stuff and like that. And also the uh, Bookshop.org, which if you do that one also, they donate to help local uh, indie bookstores too. Oh, cool. That's good and, to know. And All right. If you, find, if you come, uh, I'll be at a couple events this month. One of them I won't be doing it. I'll be doing a panel, which is GalaxyCon in Richmond. But yeah. all yeah. week, AuthorCon, Scares or Cares AuthorCon 2, that's going to be in Williamsburg at the mm-hmm. Double Hotel. I'll be there as a vendor, plus doing a panel and a reading. So um, 
be reading a short story. I have a new story coming in, a new anthology, supposedly coming out at the end of this month. I'm still waiting for the publisher to recontact us back after she said that. Uh, it's uh, actually set in Dismal Swamp, too. So Awesome. Yeah, it's a ghost story. When is GalaxyCon? It's uh, March 24th, 25th, 26th. Okay. Well, coming up soon. Yeah, knowing that you're being there, maybe I'll maybe I'll pop in down there. Maybe I'll yeah, pop I'll, in down it'll there. be I'll be there Saturday. We have a, a horror writing scare, scary scary so it's a thing at eight thirty our panel. But there's also one on somebody's doing cryptids. I know the girl Michelle Hamilton. I guess she's going to write a cryptid book now. That's why she's talking. Oh, cool. she, bought she bought my she was at stage, and then uh, there was other <laughs> stuff going on there. Plus actors. So it's oh yeah. So cool. go check it out, guys. There's plenty to read if you want fiction, if you want nonfiction, you want to yeah. have a little bump in the night, or if you want to uh, uh, learn about some ghosts down in our neck of the woods, go check it out. Um, thank you for everyone who came by tonight. Uh, we had the raid from Linguist, uh, Sista Blue, Serrated Grin, and Luxora Studios all with the follows tonight. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Nice. All you wonderful weirdos who uh, came out to <laughs> hang out with us uh, once again on the Witching Hours. Uh, just to kind of do an update on what we have coming up uh, uh, in the calendar here, um, our next stream is doing, going to be the 16th. We're going to have Ragnar Eriksson on. He's going to talk about his mm -hmm. near-death experience and kind of what he's been up to since uh, the video that we've watched. Um, we'll we'll kind of talk about that and what he's been up to since then. Uh, on the 30th, we have Vicky Lubier, who's coming to talk about uh, angels and Lily Spiritual Spiritualism. Yeah. And yeah. so those are the next two people we have on. We have Mark Hunter Brooks coming back soon. Yeah. And towards the end of April, we have another guest who's coming on named Cheryl Costa, who's gonna who's the author of some UFO books. He's going to come on and talk about like uh scientific data like kind of, of like how many it's a lot of sightings, sightings. stuff right yeah mm -hmm. like how many sightings are in each state and like what uh, what's being seen kind of keeping a, a record uh, logged of who's seeing what where and when uh so important work that's going on there uh so once again thanks everybody we will see you all uh, most of you tomorrow for the friday stream we made it to the end of the week yeah. Pamela, stay on for a minute and we'll say, we'll talk to you after we get off. Yep. Excellent. All right, everyone. You all take care and we will see you all see you tomorrow. Next time.